morning or good early morning, or I don't know, there might be somebody who's already in the afternoon somewhere. If you're in Newfoundland time, I suppose it's possible, but uh, it's good to see you. And, uh, you know, I think we all wish we could be together together, uh, but we are Zoom together and that's good. That's good too. So we're grateful for this opportunity to be together via Zoom. Uh, I want you to know that uh, I love NBC. As a district superintendent, I have been involved in teaching as an adjunct faculty member, instructor, and I've loved every part of that. And then I gave that up to serve the college in other ways. And I have a deep, deep passion for NBC that runs true. When I look across the landscape of the Virginia district, we have had some of our best and greatest pastors who have graduated from or taken classes from NBC. And uh, we are, as a friend of mine likes to say, sanctified proud of all of them and their work. So uh, I love our students. I love the interactions that I've been able to have with them, especially when I was as an instructor. I am deeply impressed by you as members of the faculty and staff and uh, I, I realize in part the sacrifice with which you serve the Lord and give to the work of God and the greater work of, the, of what God's doing through NBC. And I want to say thank you. And, uh, and I'm grateful for our amazing president and the wonderful cabinet that are leading the school so well. And uh, so thank you. Thank you so much for this privilege. I count it a deep honor. And uh, I always, uh, even though even though I've had a few years in the academy in various ways, I always get a little nervous when there are PhD professors in the audience. Uh, but I, I want you to know I love you too. And I'm so grateful for this opportunity to share something the Lord put in my heart um, these last few days. And I've had the privilege of sharing it in a few places. And so it seemed right and good that I should share this here with us today for these few minutes. Uh, the scripture that the Lord has brought to my mind is this one. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Amen, amen, and amen. There are three phrases that jump out as I look at this passage of scripture. Dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Uh, you know, we're often called to action. And, and uh, as a district superintendent, I travel around Virginia trying to encourage people to do, do things for Jesus, you know, help the church to grow, uh, help find lost people and, uh, and bring them to Christ. But I find it amazing that in several places in the scripture, we find this uh, urgent desire to help us stand firm and to not be moved. And I hear it as a great call to stay focused. Um, in a day when it's easy to get distracted and there are winds of things coming at us from all different kinds of sides, in the in a day of shifting values and uh, shifting norms and many crises, it's possible to get out of focus. 
And uh, I'm, I'm just wonderfully reminded by this scripture to stand firm, let nothing move you. What is the main thing? Stay focused on that main thing and give it our best. You know, the truth is Christ in us is the hope of glory. And with that being true, we have a firm foundation. And as we stay focused on him, like the old song says, on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. So that first thought jumps out, dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Thank you for making the main thing the main thing. As students and, uh, and instructors and teachers and leaders, thank you for putting Jesus and the church first in, in all that you do. And the second phrase that jumps out at me is always give yourself to the work of the Lord. Now there's a great challenge. So this is going to be at the deepest level of profound that I can probably muster. I went and looked up always. And always literally means always. <laughs> As in at all times, in all manners, with all efforts, and to choose to do so without fail. To me, it means that always giving myself fully to the work of the Lord happens, whether there's a pandemic or not, whether there are crises or not, whether there are difficulties or not. It means there are no little asterisks that come alongside it and give me exceptions to step out of God's plan and direction for my life. Always surely includes good times of prosperity and challenging scarcity. Always means always. And it says to give yourself fully. I remember J.K. Warwick several years ago came to one of our district assemblies and preached a message, maybe you've heard it, where he talked about the magnificent surrender. <laughs> and I love that phrase when we start thinking about what it means to give ourselves fully, a magnificent surrender, wholly available to God. Imagine with me what our students, what our faculty, what our leaders, how much farther the influence goes when that is the heart cry of our day, giving ourselves fully to God and saying, Lord, this day is yours. Use it as you will. I am yours. Use me as you will. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. And then the last phrase, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Um, okay, testimony time. Have you had a challenging year? <laughs> I mean, this has been a year. Wow. We will mark time based on the experiences of what has happened this year. And the work at times has been difficult, certainly challenging, and at every turn, new. And at times, it's been difficult to see the reward. Really? My labor has not been in, been in vain? Then why don't I see greater success? Or why don't I see greater significance? Or why don't I see greater impact? Um, now there's two ways to look at this. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. The way this phrase is constructed, it could be talking about, you know, the Jesus purposes of your life, that being your labor. Or it could be talking about the, the way you work in a, 
in, in your everyday life, how Jesus honors that with his presence. And I want to focus just for a moment on the fact that we are about Jesus' purposes, our labor in the Lord, our labor for the Lord, our work in Jesus' purposes is not in vain. Many of us are called at many times in many places to be seed planters, and we have no, no, we've not been given glasses to see far enough into the future of the harvest that those seeds plant. But the truth is, your labor is not in vain when you are doing it according to God's purposes. And I've come to realize after these many years, and I wish I'd known it a lot sooner, that the greatest work that I can do is to help people come to pray and to know how to pray and to practice prayer. And there is no greater teacher to praying than praying itself. So uh, I'm reminded of the great quote by uh, Oswald Chambers. Prayer is not preparation for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. I, uh, I had the privilege uh, during this past year of uh, serving as an interim pastor in two or three different churches for about 10 to 15 weeks in each one as they were walking through pastoral transition. That's kind of a crazy idea to think of doing that during a pandemic with all the other responsibilities I had, but I just... I love the people of God and I love the church and I saw it as an opportunity to invest myself deeply into these particular situations. And so remarkably in each case, the Lord called us first thing and foremost, among many other things that we did to corporate prayer, to finding ways to revive the people of God praying together and doing that very work. Um, uh, the way I said it in my notes, I said, I help the church focus on prayer and by discovery seek the renewal of the corporate prayer meeting. <laughs> in one church, we decided we would meet on Thursdays from like 7.30 to 8.15 via Zoom. Uh, in another place, we met on Thursdays uh, in, in person and we prayed around specific themes. The truth is, I've discovered that God does something remarkable when his people pray. Um, we prayed around these, these themes. We prayed around mission and outreach. Lord, give us the vision you want us to have. Lord, give us the laborers you, you want us to have. Give us revival and renewal. Give us wisdom and discernment for the choices we're making and bring healing and deliverance to those that are hurting. And as we prayed in these areas, I'm glad to tell you, that it's still true. God hears and answers prayer. <laughs> in one church, we, we got to pray because we had no children. I mean, every Sunday we gathered, we have no children. And we started praying, would it be possible that we could go from zero to 10 children worshiping with us? And do you know that in eight weeks time, well, we didn't make 10, but we had eight. We had eight children coming on a regular basis. I call that an answer to prayer. And then a couple of months later, they did have 10. And God kept honoring those prayers that we prayed. And I could tell you story after story of how prayer, that work, initiated greater things that I could not begin to describe because God's work was at, God's presence was very much at work. I came across this quote by David Bryant, who's a, a leader in prayer movements really across Christendom. He said, leaders must be released from the idea that they must be great prayer warriors 
before they can begin to call others to prayer. I would admit I'm in the kindergarten level of the school of prayer, but I'm discovering that God hears and answers prayer when his people pray. I've been learning how to speak Spanish and preach in Spanish, and, uh, and I love a lot of the things I'm learning in Spanish. So some of you know this, this phrase will capture you. But I, I discovered this one phrase that, that really captures me. I love how it says it in Spanish. Vale la pena. Vale la pena. Loosely in English, this would be, it's worth it. It's worth it. But that doesn't really capture the angst of vale la pena. Vale la pena captures with it this sense of sorrow, this sense of walking through the pain and the effort. It's a little bit like the old way we used to understand your labor is not in vain. But in English, we've lost some of the sense of that. But vale la pena. I'm convinced that, that in this day and age, we need to be people who understand that it's worth the effort. It's worth the effort to keep our minds focused on Jesus. It's worth the effort to lean in big time, fully into God's plan and direction. It's worth the effort, even if it costs us something for the greater purposes of God. It's worth it. Vale la pena. <laughs> John Henry Jowett said it this way, all vital praying makes a drain on a man, woman's vitality. True intercession is a sacrifice, a bleeding sacrifice. Well, I didn't think I would get a big rousing amen on that one, but I do think we all agree that it is worth it. It is worth it to get that deeply connected to the great plan of God. Vale la pena. It's worth it. It's worth the pain. It's worth the sorrow. It's worth the price. So God's helping us. And I want to say something that, I mean, I'm just kind of calling on this. I don't really have a full authority to do it, except, well, I guess I am the chairman of the board of trustees. And in that sense, maybe the greatest thing I could ever do is call us to prayer. And in about 30 days or so, the board will be meeting. We'll be meeting to select a new president. Now that we know that uh, President Graves is retiring at the end of June, and uh, we've been working hard, and we still need God's hand of direction and wisdom and leadership. But I don't want us just to pray just for that decision, as big and as important as it is. But there are students right now who are walking through a labor that is full of challenge and demand. There are faculty and staff where the layers of complexity added over in your life are bigger and more challenging than ever. And I can just tell you, from the authority of the word of God, press in, it's worth it, vale la pena, or like an old song we used to sing, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. So thank you for the privilege of sharing. I love you, and I'm grateful for the privilege of journeying together in this great work of God. And I'll turn it back over to Susan, who can prepare us for the prayer time.